Charlotte Soccer Show is back with another Coffee Cast edition of the show here on a beautiful Thursday morning after a cup win at Community Matters Cafe here right in the shadow of Bank of America Stadium, The Keep. You're hearing my voice in the host role, Danny Brands, because once again, John Hayes is shirking his responsibilities. Uh, we welcome Matt Yeslin back to the pod for his second uh, appearance. And uh, Matt, you filled in so admirably last week as we broke down the pre-Miami situation. And now we're here to break down the pre-Montreal situation and relish in a great cup win. Matt, welcome back. Appreciate it, Brams. Yeah, I feel like this is going to become uh, – is this my show now, our show? Is John still part of this show or what's the deal here? I mean, I feel hey. like at this point, two, two of the last three episodes. <laughs> you got a pretty good streak going. You know, we, we're here to build a community and uh, someday I'll probably have to miss an episode. And yeah, somebody will yeah. fill in for me, so exactly. I shouldn't shouldn't talk too much trash on John. <laughs> but uh, we love you, John. He's out there uh, playing some uh, some high stakes golf, high you know. So golf. yeah, yeah, yeah some hardcore golf. Ball. I don't really know what the stakes are, but no, he's down uh, on a family golf trip, and you can't fault him for that whatsoever. No, so no. Uh, John, we miss you. Uh, glad that we did get to talk and uh, chat a little bit during the Cup win, and uh, we can get right into it as we uh, celebrate here. Want to do say one thing real quick about Community Matters Cafe, where we're at. Uh, local breakfast spot. They make delicious uh, sugar encrusted French toast, which I just it uh, enjoyed. It looked very good. Matt, you had a breakfast sandwich. How it was it? It was delicious. But more so, to your point, I think just the, the community of what it represents and, and what the mission is about this place. If you haven't been to Community Matters Cafe, please come by over on Cedar Street. It's a great, great location. The mission, like I said, uh, bringing um, folks who had substance abuse or homelessness and giving them an opportunity to kind of get over that and reintegrate it into the community that they live in, giving them opportunities for jobs and things like that is a, is a great thing that we all should kind of be looking at doing more in our lives. So I'm really glad that we could take this one here, Rams, and, and thank you for recommending it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite breakfast spots. It was in my mind because, you know, we celebrate the party lifestyle on the show. We talk, we make a lot of jokes about drinking and, and partying, about how messed up we got and stuff like that. But, you know, there's more to life than that. Uh, we, we do want to acknowledge that that's not for everybody and that for some people it, it can become a real problem. People in my life that have struggled, you know, with alcoholism and things. And we want to be supportive of everybody. We would hate to think that it, because you were trying to stay sober, you didn't. You felt like you couldn't listen to this podcast because we talk about drinking a lot. So hopefully that would never be the case. And we do want to just, you know, it's fun to do an episode here, drinking some delicious coffee delicious and coffee. Uh, yeah. not talking about beer or whiskey or wine for once and, uh, you yep. know getting ready to break down some good action and yeah, yeah it kind of plays into you know the big debate in the inside the charlotte supporters community right now which is like how to deal with alcohol and beer and, and things like that in yeah. the stadium you know so much uh, anger both both ways you know beer, not showers, really, yeah, beer and, showers and yeah. the throwing of stuff yeah. I, I think you know we got to find our way to a happy medium there as, as a fan base because some people really love the beer showers but throwing of cans and stuff like that is unacceptable we can yeah. get into that a little bit but we got way, much more important yes. things to deal yes, with which absolutely. is the cup win. Right off the bat, it was it was great to see this lineup come out. The thing we noted that I noted on Twitter was just, you know, it still felt like a strong lineup. We yeah. played, you know, we rotated 10 spots. Gaines started again after starting at the weekend against Miami, and everybody else was new. And it still felt like a good lineup. You know, Sobachinski was probably one of our best players on the pitch in Greenville, so I was excited to see him get another chance. When you can bring in Jordi Asavar and Titi Ortiz as, you know, subs, and these guys used to be starters as of two weeks ago, all of a sudden, it's looking pretty strong, and and we deliver. Yeah. You know, the the Definitely. it was a little sleepy. Just so much passing along the back line. The thing that that we most hear the most criticism from inside the Charlotte supporters fan base of the team, which is just the slow 
passing across the bat, yeah. not really making progressive passes yeah. and stuff like that. And we saw it again, unfortunately, for too long in the first Yeah, half. absolutely. And I think you're starting to see, back to your point of the roster and who's getting in, you know, you're starting to see the differentiation between MLS games and your U.S. Open and your other cup games. And I think this lineup is a great lineup for those cup games. It still gives some guys some opportunity to kind of get their, you know, stay sharp, uh, potentially move up into the MLS roster during the weekends. Um, also, you have an opportunity. I know we've talked about it at least on the, on the pod when I was on it last time, about Ben Bender. Uh, you know, this could be a great opportunity for him to get some more game time, some more professional experience, um, going to an environment like Richmond was last night, which is not an easy environment. It definitely represented more of a cup, traditional domestic cup type of tie. The guys had to get up for that, which is, you know, when they're playing in front of 40,000 people at Bank of America, it's, it's a lot different than when you're playing in front of half a, a bowl arena filled. So definitely an interesting type of game, but the boys showed up. They've played well in the second half. Again, uh, something that we have to maybe keep an eye out for, consistently seeing slow starts through last, last couple games. Uh, to your point about progressive passing, I think there is a little bit of, of getting established and having that possession, which is totally fine, but you also want to be forward thinking and, and having a purpose with possession. You don't want to just pass the ball back between your goalie and your center backs for just for no reason. So definitely understand the frustration, but we saw a big improvement in the second half. Right. I mean, we feel like we're playing an opponent that we can take advantage of, you know, a, a, some, a, a team that we can take the game to even in their own stadium, which, yeah. you know, shout out to all the Charlotte supporters who win. There's, you know, Maybe a hundred or so at least blue kits that I saw in the stands. I don't know exactly how many people we got up there, but saw some of the you know the local celebrity Charlotte fans. QC Javi was in there making his vlogs. It's kind of funny. He yep. showed up on the broadcast. A few others. You know the crew was up there. The crew represented. Richmond fans didn't really represent too well. It was kind of it was a much bigger stadium than Greenville, yep. but about Definitely. about the same turnout. So Greenville, you know, shout out to y'all once again for representing your squad down yep. there. Triumph. Richmond Kickers, you know, I heard a lot that they had a lot of history. One of the oldest continuously operating USL clubs in, in the region, if I remember right. And you know, they'd come and beat the Independents here in Charlotte, so we felt like maybe we had to watch out for them. In truth, outside of that 10-minute spell at the start of the second half, where they sort of pressed hard and got their goal that yep. woke us up. I wasn't that impressed with Richmond Kickers. I just saw a lot of flopping and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and I think this was a great, like I said, you know, a great opportunity. Obviously, round of 32 game, round of 16 is going to be different for sure. I think you're going to start getting into more, potentially hosting a game, it sounds like, here for, for the next round. Maybe. That draw is going to be Thursday night. We're recording this Thursday morning, so uh, maybe by the time you're listening to it, this the draw will have happened. We did get the news that they, they put us into the northeast region. Like they slotted us into the northeast, so we're going to play either – New England again, NYCFC or New York Red Bulls is our next cup opponent. And we hopefully we'll get that at home kind of bunk that we, yep. uh, you know, the Southeast region, the way it broke down, it just, there was too many Southeast teams and not enough Northeast teams. So we got, we got the short end of the stick, yep. unfortunately, because because like it, Nashville beat Atlanta and it's like Nashville, Orlando, Louisville, and, uh, Miami another, and, the, and I think, I think Miami. Yeah. So. You know, we could have faced one of those teams. Team yeah, we would have loved exactly, to play any yeah. of those teams. Louisville, especially, would yes. be great to. It would have been great to play another USL side as we look to go as far as possible in this cup. But now we're gonna have a very tough opponent, depending on absolutely that, either you know, one of the three is gonna be difficult. Yeah, New England sure. or New York might have different yeah. goals at that point. By absolutely. the time we play them, they may be looking to rotate against us or something like that. Who knows? Who knows if we'll bring our A side in the round of 16 or if we'll continue with this backup side? But. Back to the night. The backup side looked pretty good. You yeah. know, shout out to Rios for scoring. Shout out to Gaines for opening his account and doubling it. Shout yeah. out to Jordi Reyna for just doing it all. Jordi, that was the best Jordi Reyna game that we've seen 
yeah, uh, so really far good. in blue. He you know, really he showed he showed like what he can do. He's had Absolutely. these games in MLS before. I've seen him playing for the Whitecaps and playing for DC, where he just kind of explodes. And this was one of them where he just found some stuff he could do, and he just he started doing it over and over again and making. He created the Rio goal. He yep. worked the give and go with uh, TT for his own goal. You know, he uh, set up games twice, and and uh, so. And then Shinyashiki comes in and scores. So and you know, so like that Shinyashiki has now scored in every game he's appeared in. You know, yep. it's only yep. two, but uh, we're developing some decent traits here yeah, uh, offensively, sure. which is nice. And it, it goes back to the thing that John loves to harp on when on the podcast, which is competition yep. on the wings Absolutely. is good for everybody. Yeah, and competition at any any place, not just the wings, is good. So again, giving some of these guys some more playing time just to show what they can do, like you mentioned, it's gonna just help the team long term and like I said, you know, if some of these guys are proving themselves to Miguel to get into that Saturday lineup for, for you know, the big-time MLS games and, you know, Mackenzie Gaines showing what he can do to embrace that speed and a finish, mm-hmm. TTRT is kind of looking better, looking more a little bit comfortable with what's going on on the field. Ronico coming in late to get a, a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, stretch again, the legs a little bit. Just kind of stretch him out. But, again, it's, it's a – it's a depth type of tournament, and to your point, you know, just to kind of bring it back to the next round, fringe players, back, you know, reserve type of players. I think once you get into quarterfinals, maybe depending on the goals, like you mentioned, NYCFC or any of those other teams may have a different idea um, than us at this point. But I think you you look to still kind of develop and use these tournaments, just game time uh, for a lot of these guys to continue to build. Yeah, I mean, New England was playing Carlos Hill for over an hour yesterday against Cincinnati in their cup match. And they fell back to behind early and came back to win, but you know they're running. They're running Carlos Hill, one of the best players in the league out there. You know, also yeah. one of the softest. You know, but hey, <laughs> who knows what that matchup's going to turn out to be? Whether and I would love it to be NYCFC. Uh, well, you know, again, we'll know probably by the time many people listen to this. But yeah. just you know, with you here, Matt, being an NYCFC, nice little back and forth for sure. Season ticket holder, that could be interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, depends on what we play. We could play it here. Could be playing at multiple venues if you go up to New York. So as long as we're not playing on the most embarrassing field in all of sport uh, at Yankee Stadium, game on. Let's go. That would be bad for sure. But you know, everybody kind of had an impact. Not everyone was positive. Uh, I mentioned how Sobachinski thought he was one of our strongest players in the first cup match against Greenville. Probably our worst player on the pitch last night against Richmond. Got the early yellow, like really early, yes. like in the yes. first five minutes, yeah. ten minutes, and then had to play kind of tentative and then ended up giving up the deflection in the second half for the goal. Yeah. So just shows, you know, I was really so excited about Sobachinski after the game against the Triumph. And now I'm like, okay, temper your expectations once again. You know, yeah. just like I always have said with Ben Bender, you know, a young player can flash this brilliant performance and like, oh my God. Yeah. Since then, Bender has kind of been, you know, a little more subdued. Yes, so, you know, not, not necessarily playing bad, but he did get in last night. Yusviag gets in. Shinyashiki gets in and scores. Yep. With all that we saw, with the starters from the Miami game, with the starters in Richmond, with the sub patterns, I think we can sort of pretty much figure out who we expect to see against Montreal on Saturday. And we, on Saturday night, it's going to be awesome, going to be a great night. We're going to talk about that when we come back. We're going to get some coffee refills here, I think, on the Charlotte Soccer Show. It's Community Matters Cafe is treating us right. Going to let that breakfast settle a little more. Yes. Oh, filling. We will get into Montreal, who uh, present a big, stiff challenge, one that if we can capitalize on, we're going to Charlotte Sox Show, stay with us.
Welcome back. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show, Coffee Cast Edition. Recording on early on a Thursday morning before we go about our days. Join Community Matters Cafe. So, Saturday night, coming on up, it's going to be a toughie. Yeah. Montreal is, is no joke. They, I bragged up Georgi Mihailovic last episode. I'll continue to do it. One of my favorite U.S. men's national players who doesn't actually play for the U.S. men's national team, unfortunately. But a guy that with some all, all the injury, with all the injuries we're having uh, in the national program, who knows? Georgi could, could find his way in there. Maybe just Greg Berhalter doesn't like him. I don't. I don't know the true the full story there, but I do know he's one of the best playmaking creative midfielders in MLS for the last this year and last year. He's right there with Carlos Hill in terms of skill and ability, and, and he's younger in my mind. Doesn't quite have the teammates or the uh, the game plan that New England do to make him rise to that next level. But I do love Georgi Mihailovic. Got Romel Kyoto up front, who scored, who's just a great goal scorer, a poacher, a guy who just made for a counterattack, made for a breakaway. I said it before, and I will say it again. You know, I don't think we can expect a clean sheet here. I, no. I think at some point Montreal finds a way to get one or two goals. We're going to have to be showing our firepower Definitely. against them. And so, is Montreal vulnerable? Then becomes the question. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I think, you know, it, this is going to be a real test. Top three team in the league, third place currently in the Eastern Conference. It's really going to kind of come down to what can the team put together. We saw a little bit more cohesiveness and, and some some organization. I used that term last time I was on the show going forward. Uh, so hopefully, you know, the team can kind of put some, obviously new, new players coming in too. Made a, a real impact already that we've seen in the last couple games. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. And, and it's really going to be coming down to organization being being solid in the back like you mentioned you know i think montreal will probably get one hopefully just one if we can have that organization have fuchs kind of being that general kind of everyone uh, aligned and, and defensively strong and, and um sticking to their assignments so there's always an opportunity grams i think any team can beat anyone in the mls i don't think it's you know it's not like man city who's putting up six or seven in the premier league against everybody i think there's a real chance it's just going to come down to execution and and, and putting the best foot forward. And of course, home field advantage yes. means so much in such that, a, in that anybody a, can beat anyone yes. equation. Now, here, here's here's the simple truth though. Montreal has not lost a game since the middle of March. Yep. You know, they to your beloved NYCFC, they got blown out and they bowed out of the CONCACAF Champions League shortly after that with a draw. And then in MLS play, they've gone, since they were down to Atlanta with about 10 minutes left on March 19th, they came back forced to draw in that game they've gone draw win 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 draw win win so yeah they've won five out of their last six games With lots of goals on that board yeah there too. yeah exactly they had a comeback win to beat cincinnati after going down early crushed orlando 4-1 last week at their home after orlando beat us you know we're actually going to montreal next month so let's get another one of those kind of like we had with the revolution where we play them back twice in fairly close succession that's going to be tough and we're going to get the look at them here. That's why we really need to get the three points against yes. them here, yes. I feel, if possible. Yeah. They Going do give up a goal. They, Montreal's not kept any clean sheets. You know, they have a young goalkeeper who is not all that impressive and a guy that we can score goals on, I think. The question is just going to be if our possession game works out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and, not, and not possessing just to possess. Again, like I said earlier, right. you know, having purpose with the possession, moving the ball forward. It's okay to move the ball back, too. You know, you don't want to give a team like Montreal a lot of opportunity on the ball. So, you know, there is going to be some of that slow, slowing the game down that the fans aren't loving to see. But you know what? When a team is better than you on paper and on the and, and on the standings, you kind of just got to deal with that and you got to get three points somehow. 
even a draw in this game would be a great result, to be honest. Obviously, we, we're hoping for the win. We're hoping to get sprayed with some beer in the stands when we're in there. But honestly, a point against a top three club would be a huge, huge achievement for this club. And just kind of continue that progression going forward and, and setting them up. You know, like you mentioned, going up to BMO is going to be a really difficult challenge next month. So trying to take advantage of it with the, uh, you know, the crowd at the bank and, and really, really capitalizing and, and continuing to get this. Uh, the bank. You know. The bank, no, the keep. The keep. We're the keep. All right. Come on. I, you know, We're <laughs> I'll take the bank. You keep this is the, the keep. This is the raging debate. This is the second biggest raging debate yes. in the Charlotte fan base right now. What to call the stadium? I mean, you know, much all, 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 all love to you know banks who uh, finance these big projects to get this stuff built. But I mean, come on, we're really celebrating banks no. in America in 2022. Like, I, mean, uh, I hear you. I hear go. you. But it's an easy way to say it. <laughs> But yes, it's too soon. Be, it's Still too soon too since soon. 08 in my, in my book. So it, you know that crowd will be going though, and it's going to be an important game to get a couple points, at least a point in this one. Continue that. Yeah, I take a point. Going. A point would be amazing. Yeah. A point would be great in this spot, considering the opposition and knowing what we're up against. It would be great, you know. Well, streaks do have to end also though, and it'd be nice to deal with Montreal. Their first loss uh, in two months would also be pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, to that end, we start knowing what the game plan needs to be, as you just kind of laid out. What does the lineup mean? From what we've seen in the numbers, you know, our, our good friend Banks Spears and Soccer Blog pointed out to us last week, when it comes to the progressive passing, Sergio Ruiz might be our best midfielder in that in that number eight spot. Uh, do you expect to see Ruiz come back in the starting lineup against Montreal like he was in Miami? I think so. I think you saw against Miami. Now, granted, it was Miami, and we talked about that, and you guys talked about it as well. Definitely not the same competition as we're going to see, but I think that team looked more more cohesive, had had more purpose with him in the mid there. More continuity. More, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think... I think the linkage gonna, from definitely. front from back to front was there. Absolutely. For sure. There was connectivity between the between the different halves of the field. So... Um, and Ruiz was the highest-rated player yeah. on SofaScore, you know, for the game. Yeah, and, so and I, you know, why would you not give another shot? Another shot, exactly. Yeah. So I think you're going to see is a very similar lineup to Inter to Inter Miami. We don't know what's up yeah. with Franco. He was reported out with a knock in training from a week and a half ago before the Miami game, and then now he's reported back. You know that that knock has been cleared up and he's okay. He wasn't even on the bench against Richmond. I assume that's just you know to get full healing. I think we'll probably see him on, you know, Ruiz was so good. It could be Ruiz and Franco yep. instead of Ruiz and Bender. I wouldn't rule that out, but maybe guy takes a knock, sits out again. Maybe you, you leave him on the bench for one more game. Depends. I mean, this is a big game. So, you know, if it's a small, if it was a lower end team, you can consider it. But when, when you want to play against, you know, the top three, you're going to want your starting 11. So who does Miguel want to put in that role is really going to, we've talked about his, his comfortability with Franco and, and, mm-hmm. and knowing what he's going to get and knowing that Franco knows the system that, that you know, MAR is trying to play. So, um, you know, this is your this is your starting 11, whoever you think that is. So it's going to be interesting to see who Miguel puts out there for sure. Yeah, I think the back is pretty set. I mean, yes. it's going to be Kalina, Mora, Carujo, Lindsay. And then did you see Fuchs' tweet, the Terminator tweet? No, I did not. Oh, amazing. Fuchs tweeted out a picture of himself done up as the Terminator with like the half metallic face that said I'll be back <laughs> like the guys Fuchs is such a legend like there's just there's no one better than Team Dad yeah. uh, he's our captain for a reason uh, he he's made following this team you know so rewarding and so fun already 
and we're not even halfway through this first year. So, sh- shout out to Christian Fuchs for yes. ha- for like his social media team's killing it, his his game on the pitch is killing it, his leadership role is killing it. He's just he's doing it all. I expect him to be back. You know, he said I'll be. He, yeah. he you post a picture of yourself as the Terminator. You, you should probably back. start the next exactly, match. Yeah, yeah. So now, where do you start him? I guess is the question because I know you've been back and forth about having him on the wing. I prefer him in the center. Role. You know, I liked McCoon on Wednesday night, yeah. but. I think McCoon at this point is one of those U.S. Open Cup players like you kind of mentioned yep. earlier, one of those guys that we're going to rely on for the Cup. So I want to see Carujo Fuchs. I think that's easily our best center back pairing. Joe Mora has gotten better and better every week. He even showed you know a lot of attacking flavor against Miami. I don't know if he'll be able to do that against Montreal, but... Shout out to Mora for just for not stopping. You yeah, know, like definitely. I thought that this is a guy who came in and wasn't really going to work to get better and was kind of just like content with his place, you know, as a as a kind of a sleepy veteran on yeah. the, on the team. And instead, he's just continued to get better. So I eat all the crow on that one, and hope I hope to see the progression continue on on Mora. Yeah, and I think you saw last night that um, Solashinsky's not ready. Uh, right. Yeah. So, Jan you know, is not he's ready. Not yeah, ready yeah. for that role. Right. Um, now he could he could learn from Mora. You know, again more game more games. I, I have Jan Sobczynski still behind McCoon for sure. Yeah. 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 McCoon's biggest problem is is just that he relies on his left foot too much. Yes. I feel like instead of being you know dual footed when he needs to be. And well, he has some other problems too, but he still has all the natural talent in the world. Yeah. He's a um, he's a project for sure, and I think you know again we I brought it up on, when I was on last time. You know I think having Fuchs there to, to get him up to speed and get him some you know some leadership and experience um, at the highest level, kind of just chatting through how to be a professional, how to kind of develop some of that talent. I think, like I mentioned, you know Fuchs is going to start as long as he's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think long term, you know, the future is bright at that at that middle position with. Uh, with McCoon and, uh, and Caruno, for sure. So give me Bronny Bro sitting in front of that back line again. Yep. I don't think there's any reason to change that up. Uh, played so brilliantly even with the early yellow last week, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to stay out of the book and be a little even more aggressive where it needs to be. So I've said this before, but uh, Georgi Mihailovic, you know, great talismanic player for Montreal. Bronico played and practiced with Mihailovic when they were both MLS rookies, you know, five years ago for the Chicago Fire. I'm hoping that there's some memories there, some you know maybe he learns something and picks something up and just knows a few tricks enough to to uh, to put him in his pocket a little bit. I think hopefully that's our secret weapon. We'll see. Uh, I hope I hope he's changed his tactics a little in five years. <laughs> but yes, I yeah yeah. Well, both from, both players sure. have gotten yeah, a lot exactly. better since 2017, obviously. And then I think Ruiz is in. I think you can't you, you keep Ruiz in after that great performance against Miami and just the way the underlying numbers have backed him up. I love Alan Franco and. I put him as, a mechan- him as a candidate for the other number eight. It comes down to Bender, Franco, or, or uh, Alcivar, I think, for the other number eight. I don't know if Franco's 100% ready. If he is, I would put him in. I, Franco Ruiz Bronico is a, it's a, a solid, pretty interesting solid, midfield for to sure. me. And yeah. then you could always bring in Bender off the bench in, you know, in the second right. half if you want for some change of pace or something like that. And so. Ruiz can take the corner. You know, you, you, you can afford to leave Alcivar out if Ruiz is in because yes. you still have your corner, corner kick taken. Yep. So yep. Bender just hasn't really done it. He's... Bender was good at coming in as a sub yeah. in Orlando, yeah. and I think that might be just keep him in that role for the next little bit. Even though he did start against Miami, he didn't really do as much. So. He didn't do as much, but yeah. again, you're going to work him in. He's he's a young kid, still getting his feet wet. You know, like you guys mentioned, mm-hmm. he's he's playing against men now, um, right? Against professionals, so there is a transition for him. Nope. Even though he was one of the best players in college, mm-hmm. kids, boys versus men. 
is a very different environment. So it's a long year. He's, his rookie of the year campaign will kick into a higher gear, I, I believe, as a little later in the season. And then up front, we got Yusviak and Swiderski, I think, yes. are locks. Yes. And then it comes down to uh, Gaines, Reyna, or Shinsiki, basically. Uh, Reyna did. Reyna showed certainly against Richmond that he knows how to exploit a bad team. I'm not sure he's the answer here against a, a team that's going to come in favored against us. I mean, how do you take your boy Shinsiki out after? Right. You know, oh, you know I want on. Yeah. You know I, mean, I you know so the way it sets up played, with so. Gaines starting against Miami and starting against Richmond I, and then Shinya Shiki coming as a sub both times and scoring both in both those times I think it sets up for Shinya to now be to come in and yes. start this next game. Yeah. Just because of minutes and rest and rotation. Yeah, could, and could that, be wrong. That's not, also why you, know. you got him though too. You got right. him to play. And you got him to be one of your top your right. scorers up top. So that's right. why he's in the lineup, this, and I think that's why he's Miguel on help pursued yes. Shinya Shiki, you know, even from the start of the season, finally yeah. got him in. And I think he should start. And so that, you know. So, yeah, Mora, Fuchs, Carujo, Lindsay with Kalina behind him, with Brandt in front of him, Ruiz and Franco for me to fill out the midfield, and then Yusviak, Spiderski, Shinyasiki. Would love to see it. That's a team that can beat Montreal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. That's a, And that could be your, you know, your starting 11 for the foreseeable future for, for Charlotte FC. Yeah, it'd be great. It would be great to get into a settled yeah. starting 11 for sure. I love the competition. But with us still in the cup, hopefully for a few more rounds, <laughs> midweek fixtures starting to come up. Yep. We have some midweek games. MLS used to be famous for a lot. You'd have like five midweek games a season. Now I think there's only one or two yep. this year. But our first big, you know, double game week is coming up uh, later this month. The cup fast and furious, man. The, oh, yeah. the games don't stop. Yeah, they don't stop. And I think it's going to be even worse as we get into the season. Obviously, you know, we're very far away from this. But to your point. Mid-season games coming in, uh, midweek game, sorry, you know, World Cup quickly, the condensed schedule this year with all that coming up. So, yeah, you're going to need to rotate these players and get them some rest and get them up to speed. But I think you're starting to see the, the starting 11 take shape, and it's a solid little run here that this, this squad can put together. By the way, you mentioned the World Cup. Do you see what is happening to our boys? I did. Our Ecuador, the Ecuadorians are, are under attack from some... Uh, Chilean gangsters yeah. that are, uh, they've filed a formal complaint accusing Ecuador of using, using an illegal player and falsifying documents in World Cup qualifying. And so they want to rip Ecuador's spot out of the World Cup and keep Alan Franco and Yuri Alcivar from having a chance to play uh, guitar. It's wild. Comma ball, you never know. You know yeah, it's, right. It's, right. It's, it's hit or miss down there. So. Right. But I talked to one guy who said he knows it, and he said that the, the player in question has dual citizenship. But they might have falsified the documents since they, since they again, didn't have the yet. Again, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows yeah, in that so part of the world? FIFA so. has opened an investigation. And oh, we'll, yeah, because yeah. that's really safe to yeah. say. You know. yeah. yeah, so we'll see. But I I was really looking forward to seeing Alan Franco yes. play in the World Cup. And yes. maybe Jordi, may uh, may but uh, we'll see. Yeah. That's pretty much it for you know breakdown. I did want to get in to ask you, Matt, your thoughts, because I've put my thoughts out there on Twitter. Trying to, you know, when you're, when you're talking to someone that you don't know on social media sure. and you don't want to to like be a troll or start a fight or anything like that. So I, I went back and forth with some of the guys from Mint City Collective and just on like different thoughts on the beer throwing and the showers and everything like that. And I was trying to be respectful because I don't want to start a fight. And I want everyone, yeah. I just want everyone to be happy. But I do think that beer showers are part of the game. I The way I tried to say it was that, you know, when you're a supporter of Charlotte, like of a soccer club, there's like hooliganism is like part of like, you know, part of the recipe, yep. you know, so. To an extent. Doesn't mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you don't want to, you don't want to justify going out of out of line, Absolutely. and so that's where I think like throwing beer cans. I think everyone can agree. You know, can, that's the, there's a reason they make you pour your cans out right. when you go through the t- right. through uh, the gate, 
And if you sneak them in and then throw them, you've basically broken two rules at that point and, and broken, you know, standards of decency and decorum, certainly. So that uh, no one would even ever try to defend throwing cans whatsoever. You know, when you get to, like, throwing cups, I get it. You don't want to be pegged by a cup. I get it. I've been pegged by a cup a couple times. Other people have had it worse than me, oh, yeah. so they might feel stronger. When it comes down to it, for me, it's like one of those, you get hit by a cup, it's kind of like one of those minor, like, oh, that sucked for a few seconds, but, you know, it's all just part of the show. Other people, I understand, they would feel different. How do you feel? Yeah, it was interesting because I woke up the next day and I smelled like beer. Um, you didn't take a shower? I did, but, but I, my clothes were on the hook. My clothes were near there. And it's, it's just oh, smell. my God. All right, yeah. okay. So I was like, oh, the next okay. Day. I, well, no, I showered when we got home. But then, you know, everything still smells. So I was like, where does that smell of beer? I showered. And so I smell, you know, your clothes smell. And no, I think to your point, though, you know, you don't want hooliganism. You know, hooliganism, I think, you know, and we're not, we're not advocating for that. By any stretch, and you saw you saw how nasty that that type of environment can get. You know, England having all those issues over the years. And again, I don't, I'm not putting us in that same level. It is kind of funny though. I don't know if you saw it when we were down there on Saturday, but the all the cups were being collect, collected in one section and making a huge train the beer of snake. cups. Yeah. yeah, the beer snake. And, yeah. Uh, so that was pretty. There was funny. mixed reviews on the beer snake the beer as well. Snake, yeah, but uh, if we'd been losing, it probably would have not gone over as 100%. well. The fact, yeah. So yeah, the fact was, that we were winning made it more of a thing. And to your point, I think you know the the staff does a really good job of recognizing when people are getting out of line. We saw a lot of cops walking up and down those aisles when we were there. People getting escorted out. So yeah, uh, there is sure. a recognition of it. You there's know, a, think, there's a bit of a crackdown. I yeah, think that will have a deterrent effect. For Absolutely, sure. for sure. But there's nothing truly wrong with having behavior. some fun, and that's where that's where you know that's where for me it, it kind of boils. I down. would just push for a little more acceptance of stuff that you just don't like because yes. there's stuff that like it's not criminal behavior, it's not truly abusive behavior, but it's just kind of unpleasant and unfortunate. And I, you just have I, my opinion is you just have to learn to take a little bit of the unpleasant, even if you don't like it. Yeah. Which I've which you know I do myself there's stuff I don't like but I just put up with it because it's part of the experience does that make me nominated for sainthood a better person than all the rest no certainly not but it's just something that I would encourage everyone to do look from our perspective primarily European football fans to some extent at least myself I speak for you know the the supporter section in Germany and and England is and is twice the size of, of ours not for any stretch of the imagination just because it's a longer history and whatever. So imagine if you know those fans were civil and sitting in their seats and not doing anything raucous or a little bit maybe you know out of line. Um, so I think there's a little bit of just you know this that's the sport. That's how football is. That's and there's a little bit of a learning curve in the U.S. I will say for for how a supporter section should kind of learn and kind of a, 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 a hold themselves accountable and how to how to act. Uh, but you know fan. Fan and passion is a huge part of the sport. People get passionate. Does that mean you have to throw your beer cup? Eh, I don't know if that's really part of it, but if they want to express themselves and have a little fun, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I would. My my happy medium is to try to say to people, hey, don't throw your cups. Just throw the beer yeah. and hold on yes, to the cup. Exactly. And then my other the other flip side of it is, if you hit by a cup, don't freak yeah. out. Just try to say, hey, can you just not do that, please? Gotcha. You know, instead of like starting fights and we don't want to be fighting amongst ourselves. We have an opponent. Every time we're all in uh, the keep there. We're all together. We have an opponent that's on the pitch, and we should never be fighting against yes, ourselves, exactly. obviously. Exactly. 
So that's that. Yeah. So that's how we feel. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep going, but just hold on to the cup. Don't, you know, yeah, I don't hold, mind getting a beer. Hold your cup. And yeah, yeah. In July, we're going to want the beer yeah, exactly. shower. It's going to be the real sky. hot in July yeah. and August. Trust me. I'll probably it'll take two nice showers relief. after that game, but yeah, you know, it'll yeah, be back. Yeah, exactly. That's what's going on in the fan base. That's what's going on with the squad. That's what's going on with a huge match day coming up. We're alive in the cup. It's just a great time to be a Charlotte FC supporter. We continue to lead the league in attendance. Let's keep that going. Just yep. legends, everybody who keeps showing up at the tailgate, at the French Quarter. We're doing it all. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. Matt, thank you once again for sitting in for Johnny. Yeah, of uh, course. John should be back. We probably, we'll try to get a three-man episode in. In reaction to our, I don't know, uh, we're gonna be able to get John on the win. show at this point. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll check with his people. Okay, yeah, his sure. people. Yeah, schedule's yeah. tight. We'll we'll see how he does on the golf course this yeah, week. Exactly. <laughs> Go from That'll there. Be for sure. For sure. But yeah, thanks to everyone who's listening. Follow the show at For the Crown Baby on Twitter, where we give commentary and uh, engage with the fans. We love to uh, chat there, and uh, yeah. Why don't you uh, take us out, Matt, like you did last time, please? Yeah, for the crown, baby, and we'll see all of you on Saturday in, in the keep.